Chapter 13 of Energy and Vibration. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Siddharth. Nature's Miracles, Volume 2 Energy and Vibrations by Elisha Gray. Chapter 13 Heat and Matter. We now come to a subject that is of paramount importance to all kinds of life. Men can and do exist without being able to hear sound or see light and consequently are without the aid of articulate speech. But it would be impossible to even exist without heat. A life insensible to sound or light, and the consequent absence of power to communicate through the medium of speech is only an animal existence with very limited intellectual life, such as can be had through the senses of taste, touch and smell. Heat, like light and sound, has been subject of much philosophical speculation in the centuries past, but like the advances in electrical and chemical science, which are very closely related to heat, great strides have been made in getting correct conceptions of its nature in the last 25 or 50 years. At one time, heat was supposed to be a material, a sort of imponderable fluid that had the power to penetrate bodies under some circumstances and warm them. Something that poured into you when you were full of this fluid, you had the sensation of heat, but when it poured out again, you were cold. The same sort of material theory prevailed in regard to light, sound and electricity. For instance, when a bell was struck, it was supposed that a very subtle material was knocked out of it and it flew in every direction, like so many projectiles. They failed to tell us why the bell did not weigh less after it had been struck than before, and why after a century of ringing, the sound did not diminish. It was supposed that light was a material emanation from the source of light, that the sun was throwing off luminous matter constantly, and that a candle or lamp did the same thing. Electricity was also classed as a fluid. Some thought it was composed of one and some of two fluids, a positive and a negative. Occasionally, nowadays, we find someone adhering to the old notions in some of their aspects, but in the minds of almost all thinking people, the material theory is no longer tenable. It has been supplanted by the mechanical or dynamic theory which applies to sound, light, heat, electricity, etc. The mechanical theories accounts for all phenomena of sound, heat, light and electricity as a form of mode of motion. There are two kinds of motions known to physics. One is mechanical motion or motion of mass of material as a whole and the other is called molecular motion which is a motion of ultimate particles of which the mass is made up. The term molecular is here used synonymously with atomic. Heat is supposed to be atomic motion and in this connection is called thermic, that is heat, motion. In order to make our meaning clear, let us spend a little time in discussing the constitution of matter. There are between 60 and 70 original or ultimate elements in the material universe. All other substances in the name of lesion are either compounds or chemical combinations of these 60 or more elementary substances. When elements mix without change in their molecular structure, they are called compounds. But when two or more elements combine chemically, a new substance is formed. However, it can be resolved back into its original elements by a processes well known to a the chemist. The smallest particle of an elementary substance is called an atom, and the smallest particle of the substance made from two or more elementary substances chemically combined is called a molecule. For instance, oxygen and hydrogen are both elementary substances two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen combined to make one molecule of water, the molecular being the smallest particle of water. As such, 
when these three atoms that form a molecule of water are fenced apart again, the water molecule is destroyed and what is left is simply two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen. If now the gases in this proportion are ignited by heat, an explosion takes place and the result is water again. Sir William Thomson, now Lord Kelvin, made a computation of the number of molecules in a cubic inch of solid matter and his estimate is that there are 100,000 million million million. The figures are so large that they really convey no idea except that of a large number. A little better conception is had in this comparison which he gives, that is, if a drop of water were magnified to the size of the earth and its molecules were magnified in the same proportion, they would not be smaller than shot or larger than cricket balls. These dimensions, small as they seem, are after all just as real as though they appear to the natural eye and not simply to the eye of imagination. It may be said that there is another theory of matter, but the statement of it is so vague that it would only confuse the reader. In short, it assumes that there is but one elemental substance, called either, and one energy, and that when we speak of different kinds of matter, we only mean different affections or states of matter brought apart by the play of forces upon the one elemental substance. Whether or not this be true, makes no difference with the facts of natural law. And as the mechanical or dynamic theory explains all the facts of chemistry and physics, we will proceed on that basis. At best, the new theory, if true, is only an attempt to carry the present theory further back. Another thing must be kept in mind. Supporters of the dynamic theory, motion theory, assume that all space not occupied by matter is filled with a subtle and infinitely elastic substance called the luminiferous ether the one elemental substance above referred to. It is called luminiferous because it is the medium through which light is transmitted. This fluid is so refined that no material substance will resist it. It will pass through any known form of material. In fact, it surrounds all the atoms or finest particles of matter. In other words, the smallest particles of matter float in this subtle fluid. The molecules of matter do not touch each other. At least, there is room for the play of molecules, as we shall see further along. There is not only room for the play of molecules, but also for the play of atoms of which the molecules are made up. In our first chapter on sound, it is stated that all the avenues to the brain are traversed by some form of motion. In other words, all sensation caused by an effect from the world without comes through the medium of motion in some form. Heat produces a sensation and is therefore a mode of motion. The ether that has been spoken of is so refined that no vessel could be made that would hold it. It is like the universal solvent that a man is fabled to have invented. When we have got it made, every vessel he put it into was dissolved, and he had to abandon what promised to be a great enterprise for want of suitable vessels to hold it. Matter is found in three conditions solids, fluids and gases. Solids and fluids are held together by an attraction similar to the attraction of gravitation called the attraction of cohesion. The molecules of solid cohere so closely that the mass of matter as a whole is held in rigid condition, some substances being held more rigidly than others. Fluids are held so loosely that the molecules, while they cohere, can move freely around each other, but the molecules of gases are so far apart that the attraction of cohesion is entirely overcome 
and they tend to fly off in, into space. There is a repulsion between the molecules of matter so that when they are freed from the attraction of cohesion, they tend to fly off in every direction. And one of these repulsive forces is heat. As has been stated, heat is a mode of motion. It is a motion of the individual particles of solid. However rigid it may be, that gives it the phenomenon of heat. The same is true of liquids and gases. Heat is atomic motion as distinguished from mechanical or mass motion. It is a motion of the atoms of which molecules are formed. Some of you have lived or do live in the country and have seen a swarm of bees come out of a hive. They follow their queen until she lights. Often it is on a limb of a tree. They pile onto each other till they have formed a mass as large as your head or larger. Now if we should swing the limb on which the bees have lighted, the mass of the bees will move as a whole, and this we call mass or mechanical motion. At the same time, if you could see every individual bee, you would see that each one was moving independently of the whole mass. There are units of which the mass is made up. This individual motion of the unit may represent what is called the molecular or atomic motion, which in one of its forms, at least, is heat. The above illustration would appeal to the natural eye. But now, come with me into the realm of the unseen, which is as real as the visible things, and use your imagination and conceive of a mass of matter, one cubic inch in size made up of small particles called molecules, and that the number of these molecules in a cubic inch is hundred thousand million million millions. And each one of these molecular units has an independent motion, like the bee in the mass of peace. And you would have the idea which I wish to convey. If we heat a body, we increase the amplitude and the rapidity of the motion of its ultimate particles. And therefore, each particle must have more room in which to vibrate. We should expect, in this case, that the whole mass would be increased in size in order to give room required for their increased molecular activity. And this we find to be the case, and thus we have in this fact the phenomenon of expansion that everyone is familiar with. If we apply heat to a piece of metal, it swells or expands. If we keep on increasing the heat, it keeps on expanding till the attraction of cohesion is partly overcome and the molecules can glide around each other. When we have the phenomenon of liquefaction, and we say the metal has melted. Some metals melt at much lower heat than others, due to the fact that the cohesion is less in some than in others. If we apply heat to a piece of ice, which is solidified water, the ice melts and we have water in the liquid state. If we keep on heating the water at certain temperature, it bursts into a vapor we call steam. The molecular activity becomes so great that the attraction of cohesion is no longer able to hold the particles together and they fly off into space. If we pass an electric current through a body of water molecules, they are still further separated into fixed gases called oxygen and hydrogen. As before stated, these gases in the proportion of two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen unite again to form water when heat is applied sufficient to ignite them. If heat is motion, you ask what is cold? Is there any such thing as absolute zero of cold? There may be, but it does not come within our experience. Heat and cold are relative terms, and the two are combined in the word temperature. 
if the temperature goes down to 80 degrees below zero in the Klondike as it is said to do, it may go lower at the North Pole and doubtless does. In that case, it will be warmer in the Klondike than at the North Pole. If it be true, as we have seen, that increased heat means increased motion, it follows that decreased heat means decreased motion, and decreased motion is cooling, while increased motion is heating. Thus, there must be some heat so long as there is any motion. I only refer to this phase of the subject for the purpose of giving you a clearer idea of what heat means. Gases expand much more readily and in a wide range than liquids or solids. As children, doubtless, many of us can remember seeing a bladder inflated and then laid on the hearth before a fire when it expanded under the action of heat till it would burst with a loud report. In this case, the molecules of the gases that go to make up atmospheric air, chiefly oxygen and nitrogen, are thrown into more and more violent vibration, thus making it necessary for more room to accommodate this play of the particles of air. And when it meets with the resistance, it bombards the resistance with millions of little projectiles till it has to give way if not strong enough. End of chapter 13